0: welcome. You are listening to Zeal Fear House. I am your host, David Murray, and I'm joined with Dorothy Carruthers. Her focus here is on our relationship with our Heavenly Dad and all aspects of His Kingdom, moving in greater intimacy with Him. Additional teachings, books, and articles may be found on my website at www.dwmurray.com. That's dwmurr dot Again, thanks for joining us, and let's get rolling with this week's broadcast. Thank you for joining us once again. This is David Murray. I'm joined with Dorothy Carruthers. This is uh, Blog Talk Radio. It's the your House. Dorothy, how are you doing, this evening?
1: I'm doing okay. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing okay. It is very hot here in New York. Uh, as I know, it is Connecticut where you are a little bit east, barely east of me, and uh, it is super humid here. But Great. It's going well, and, and I am excited to um, thank you for having me on, Dorothy. As always, I am very excited to um, to bring forth this message. Um, you know, Prophetic Insights Part 2 for 2019, sometimes I call it Kingdom Insights. I go in and out, guys, so sometimes I use the word prophecy, sometimes I'll just say Kingdom Insights. Um, one of the reasons why in the last four years I've really been very selective and picky with using the word prophecy is simply because there's been a lot of nonsense that's gone out um, about prophecy and prophets and, and, you know, it's kind of made a mess of things. And we kind of made it this big heebie thing. We, you know, sometimes focus more on the, on the false than we do the genuine. The word prophecy, guys, in the Greek that refers to sharing something from the Lord is just that. It means Father's heart revealed or things of the spirit realm of the divine nature brought forth. That's all it is. Paul said, I desire that you all would prophesy. And the reason why I said that is because the more that we tune into Father's heart, the more that we will be able to receive information on what Father is doing and share it. So uh, we're into, excuse me, 2019, uh, second half of the year. And I titled it God is are you leaving yourself behind? And the reason why that, um, I chose that language is because as I was writing this, um, I have been sitting on this for months, um, this work that I'm about to, uh, to bring forth. Um, I've really been sitting on it for months for the timing uh, of the Lord and when he wanted me to share this. And when I finally got the release that it's time to bring it forth in the body of Christ, I've been sharing this on several different forums and platforms because it pertains to the body of Christ here, um, really for this generation, but particularly with the United States. And uh, he made it very clear, David, don't you say, will you be left behind? Because I will never leave or forsake any child of God. My word says that. So uh, it's not me leaving behind my children, if they don't partner with me and don't don't come into alignment with what I do and what I want to do through them and in them in a season as members of the body of Christ, they choose to leave themselves behind my program. So that's what we're gonna be talking about tonight, guys. Now this is gonna be a word of encouragement for many, many people in the body of Christ. And it's gonna be a word of loving correction for some of us. And that's okay, guys, because please know that this is grounded in love. Uh, 1 Peter 4, Hebrews 12, uh, 1 Peter 2, 2, all talk about discipline comes from love and that Father loves us and that's why he disciplines us. And that no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but if we're trained by it, it will produce the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Actually, Hebrews 12 says by those who have been trained by it. So my heart's desire tonight, guys, is for you to hear some of these things. If it bears witness with your spirit, right, New Testament prophecy, we bear witness or reject it when we receive it. It's not about whether it comes to pass or not, although sometimes it's an indication of whether or not things are, are, are off or consistent. But when someone shares something that um, we're saying that Father's doing, uh, which is what I am saying, uh it's the body of Christ's job to take it back to prayer and have the Holy Spirit speak to them on it. It's not for our job to us sit around idly and see what happens. See what stars come into alignment and all that old covenant stuff. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. In the new covenant, scriptures say, Let the prophets speak and the others judge. Now I'm using that verse as an example. I don't really care to discuss what my what my call is in the body of Christ, other than to say my job is to point the body of Christ into greater intimacy. To point the body of Christ into the throne room And that's through teaching, correction And re- and reproving That's predominantly what I'm called to do um, And I'll do my best to be faithful And I uh, thank you guys for accepting me And loving me where I fall short In my own areas So that was a mouthful of an intro Let's get into this We're going to try to keep this short And have the benefit of recording To go back And guys, if this bears witness to your spirit Share it on social media Share it on whatever platforms you have. Share it with brothers and sisters who are hungry. Please, don't be afraid to share what God is doing. Don't be afraid to step out. Um, If there's witness with you. So anyway, I'm going to recap a little bit of something that we've talked about and um, then use that to springboard into where we come. We are in a time of transition. We are transitioning out of a season and moving into a season. That transition has already begun. Now, let me back up. As for some of us, you know, the last 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, we were called, named the body of Christ in the United States, really all over the world, but the United States led the way. God was calling the body of Christ to come out of a religious institution that was based upon traditions and based upon a system that really was in conflict with Father's heart in many areas. It was, conflict, it was in conflict with his heart because it was based upon a lot of human traditions, it was based upon titles and self-promotion and finding self-worth in a system of religion, born again religion. And what father did is he began calling many people out into the 1980s. I was one of them Um, and has been calling people out uh, for the past really 30 years uh, to come away with him, to get alone with him, to, to walk in greater intimacy and maturity. The purpose was to heal. God called us out of an institutional religious system where many people were being stifled and hurt and abused emotionally, spiritually, uh, relationally. And it was a time to come out into the desert, into the wilderness, and to heal. The purpose of the healing was because Father loves you. And he wants to see you set free from every pain and wound. But then to move on to greater maturity. Hebrews 5.12 says that what makes someone an elder is their ability to understand righteousness. The body of Christ that came out, that answered the call of Father's heart, which was for the whole church. He was calling the entire body of Christ to put aside the religious system. And during the last 30 years, there was a civil war, a fracture, and those that Decided, I don't want to play games anymore. I want more of God. I want to begin to to draw to Christ. Please understand me. I'm not talking about leading church building. God was never interested in the where we gathered. He was interested in what we gathered to. Whether we were gathering to traditions and things that made us feel good, because we were following a set of rules that made us feel like we were good Christians or when we were gathering to exalt Jesus Christ in our midst. Right? So he was calling us apart no matter where we were gathering. He was calling us to himself. That looked differently for each person. That looked differently um, that calling out. You know, see, so he called some of us out to the wilderness while we were still fellowshipping in the same place. He called some of us out uh, to be alone, to in-home fellowships. The scenario was different. It was what he was doing in our hearts. Jesus said in John 14, 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth in me, the works that I do, he shall do also any greater works than these, because I go into the Father. That word verily, verily, guys, there's no English equivalent. It doesn't really translate. In the Greek, it's someone shouting at the top of their voice through language. It was a system – it was a a language that says, please pay attention with all of your being to what I'm about to say. That's what that was. That's what that, um, that word verily, verily in the Greek means, or truly, truly. It's someone emphatically saying, this is super important. Listen to what I'm saying. See, in the New Covenant, Jesus was sending us the Holy Spirit, which came at Pentecost, so that we can do what Jesus did. And we're supposed to do that on the earth here. And in order for us to do that, we had to heal. We were meant to enter into the end times as a spotless bride so that we can go back and begin being the image of Jesus Christ to others so that they would see the glory and the light emanating from those who walked into the healing and maturity we were meant to walk in. But for many of us, we rejected that mission. Many of us left institutional religion, institutional church, fellowships, families, friends, and we hardened our hearts. We became angry and bitter and resentful, and we are not reflecting the nature of Jesus because we haven't healed. Many of us have continued to get more bitter every year. Guys, Jesus said in Mark 7:15, nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it's what comes out of a person that defiles them. Guys, many of us have, have stopped, and we've, we've looked at the excuse, and we've said, you know, the world doesn't want to hear about Jesus. And, guys, I'm going I'm to speak frankly. I, I don't wear any airs. I'm the same person here that I am everywhere else. I don't wear any religious hats. That statement is not valid. It's not okay. It dishonors God and it upsets him. I live in New York, guys, just north of the boroughs. And I see people coming to Christ all the time. All the time. New York is flourishing with street evangelism and street healing and street ministry. And that's just normal Christianity. That's the way it's meant to look. There there are people that have gone into the wilderness and have healed And have allowed God to minister healing to their hearts where they have come to a place where they know all that matters is that they are loved and accepted unconditionally. And that is the source of their self-worth. It's that Jesus has made them the righteousness of him. And they are deeply loved, completely forgiven, holy, and blameless. We were meant to get that in the wilderness. We were meant to come out like John the Baptist and begin raising up disciples and pointing them to Christ. That's eldership. That's discipleship. Now, some of us have gone on to do that, and I've been I'm so encouraged. I've gotten hundreds and hundreds of emails from people that ha, that have just uh, given me feedback and encouragement. David, I am applying scriptures. I am applying it. I'm seeing healing and power and transformation. My life is just my relationship with Jesus is focusing on his love and his kingdom. I'm having conversations with him that that is. I've never had before on my ability uh, to transform other people's lives is increasing guys. I've had, there's many of you have answered the call because I've gone forth and I've shared that these past four and a half years that I've started uh, writing publicly and I've started broadcasting publicly.
1: Um,
0: the Lord only gave me that release about five years ago. Prior to that, I was in my own wilderness for about 27 years and, um, I would just minister one-on-one very quietly. I had no public platform. And about five years ago, the Lord says, I'm going to begin increasing your sphere of influence. It's time to begin uh, sharing more with the body of Christ what I'm doing. And guys, the the last five years, I have been saying we are in a season of grace. We're a season of grace to heal and to mend, to establish godly relationships. And, um, Guys, that season is closing. God is moving on. And um, for those of you that, that have been in this season, that have cooperated with him, you are right on track. And the feedback you've gotten is, is has, has, has between you and the Lord. That is the result of your desire and willingness to allow him to minister healing to you. And the increase in, in signs and gifts and fruits of the spirit that you've been sharing with me um, is the result of... You allowing Jesus to transform your inner being, and you're fulfilling the the, the prophecy of Jesus in Mark seven fifteen and Matthew twenty four. I give you all authority, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out demons, preach the gospel with signs following. Guys, here's something that's a, it's, this is very grave that we're about to share. For those of us that have not allowed Father to. Speak to our hearts and to heal our bitterness and our hurt. Uh, there's four stages. There's four stages of danger of being given over to the enemy. And I'm going to talk about those uh, those stages now. There are four stages in which a Christian um, backslides into having their lampstand removed. And backsliding, guys, has nothing to do with what we, what we do outwardly. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's the very thing Jesus rejected in his earth walk. Guys, we were meant to come out and be transformed to look like Jesus. Instead, many of us formed a new religious system. Same self-righteousness, finding worth in what we do, finding worth in talking about how awful the lost are,
1: forgetting we were
0: once them. Finding worth in our own works and in our fast, fasting and prayer and our crying, as if we can earn points with God. Completely rejecting teachings on righteousness. Completely rejecting the mandate of Hebrews five twelve through fourteen that that was spoken to to the Hebrew church. And um, there's been a series, a, a, a season of grace. You step into that and heal, that window is closing, guys. God's moving on. And for those of you that have moved on and are moving or in that process, God will move you into the next phase, and we'll get into that. For those of you that are refusing, um, I want to go over your four stages. And and for those of you even that do, this is these are uh, are indicators of how to pray and intercede for our brothers and sisters that are struggling. Guys, if we, when we get left behind in God's timing, if we leave ourselves behind, if God says to me, David, here's what I want to do in this season, and I continue. And I'm not talking about struggling because, because it's difficult. God doesn't need our perfection. He needs the desire of our heart to come into alignment with his. Right? If we do not do that, the reason why we will not partner with the desire of his heart, guys, starts with stubbornness, self-pity, and unforgiveness. Those are three spiritual demonic influencing spirits that our wounds attract okay when we're wounded and we all get wounded it's not um satan is always there to try to trip us up woundings don't uh, don't mean that we come under the enemy it's what we do with our wounds god says david i want to heal your wounds and i say no lord i don't want to forgive i'm angry we open up doors to demonic influence and attachments and agreements and it starts with spirit of stubbornness, self-pity, and unforgiveness. The more familiar we get, the more we begin to, to pick up on their influence. The more we begin to listen to the poison that they speak to us. The more we move into uh, the second phase of bondage and what happens is bitterness and envy take root, a spirit of bitterness and a spirit of envy and jealousy. And what that is, is there's bitterness because uh, when we sow, when we've, when we're in unforgiveness and we don't choose to let that go, what we're sowing begins to produce a crop. And the seeds of unforgiveness sow a crop of bitterness. So we'll begin to feel bitterness, which is a poison that starts to to seep into our souls. We also will develop envy because we see those people that have counted the cost and are moving on and have struggled through and worked through the pain of forgiveness, the pain of dealing with um, shame and insecurity and replacing it with a belief system that says God loves me unconditionally and here are all the scriptures. Guys, I quote them probably a dozen scriptures almost every broadcast. There's, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of them on my blog and in my book pointing to who we are in the New Covenant, which produces power, holiness, and righteousness. Um, righteousness meaning in our thinking, understanding the gospel of Jesus Christ. We start to become envious of those that are counting the cost, even though we're unwilling to do it ourselves. Guys, when we give in to bitterness and envy, when that spirit starts to take root, we begin to tune into delusional doctrines. Because now our heart begins to get so twisted and bitter that we begin to tune into familiar spirits that talk about the same things we're wounded by. And that's why we're drawn to. Teachings and blogs and broadcasts that discuss anger and wrath and um, unforgiveness and just an angry God. And little by little, our doctrines and our perception continue to get more and more twisted. That's a dangerous place because once we've begun giving into and being influenced by doctrines that are based upon anger, unforgiveness, which are demonic, they oppose the kingdom of love. Jesus died for our sins, that's love. Can't get to heaven without receiving Christ. So the greatest love. So we say, well, God is love, God's also holy. Yeah, that's why he gave his son. So we need to put that to rest. We need to stop quoting that. You know, well, you know God is love, but he's holy. There's no but there, guys. He's loving and he's holy. And because he's holy, in his love, he sent his son. In his love, not in his wrath. But the delusional spirits of anger have taken root in many in the body of Christ and twisted our hearts and twisted our perception of Father, and we're in grave danger. Because the third stage from bitterness and envy, when that continues to be sown in our heart, it produces a spirit of hatred and murder. It begins to choke out the Holy Spirit, begins to to prevent the sin. Spirit of the living God from moving out of our spirit, man, into our soul, and our souls become filled with hatred. We begin to actually wish people dead. We begin to curse them in our thoughts. We begin at this point, guys, in the third stage, we begin to openly oppose God's work. Because the anger and wrath blind us to the goodness of God and what he's trying to do. And guys, that leads to the fourth part, which is ultimately we will begin to reject his word, we will reject his nature, we will reject his love, and ultimately Jesus. We will become enemies of the gospel, enemies, all the while thinking we are agents of light. And I'm meeting more and more Christians that fall under this fourth category. And I'm watching with horror and absolute pain of heart at the Christians that are moving from phase one to phase four because they will not allow God to deal with their hurt and wounds and the areas they've been wronged and accused. It's killing you. It's a poison. And it's what Satan wants for your life. Because when we open up to bitterness and anger and unforgiveness, we open up spiritual doorways for Satan to come into our life. But let's stop. I want to step back now just for a second, guys. It's, I want you to think on this question, okay? If Jesus said in Matthew 7:22 to those that performed all sorts of works and miracles in his name, and he said we're to perform works and miracles in his name, right? Mark 7 and in Matthew 24, the Great Commission. We're to do those things, signs following. But if he goes on in Matthew seven twenty two to say that there are those that perform all works in his name that he will never knew, never, that he never knew, what do we think he's going to say to those of us that have done nothing for him? keeping the goats parable comes to mind. That needs to sink in, guys. If he will reject those people because they have done works in his name that that he didn't know, what's he going to do to the people that claim to know him that have done absolutely nothing for him and what's on his heart? That's what we need to start considering. We need to get our eyes off of the counterfeit and the delusional doctrines filled with anger and bitterness and stop drinking the poison because guys God has moved on. He is moving on. But before I talk about what he's doing and what that means in moving on, let's look at the last five years, things that have gone on the body of Christ that have fueled fear and anger and hatred in 2013, the new pope, Pert Bergoglio, was the Antichrist. 2014, the Harbingers signified economic collapse. 2015, the Blood Moons signified the end of the world and economic collapse. Then there was Obama, would be the last president and World War III, was going to stop start. Trump was then the Antichrist in 2016, and there were going to be nuclear detonations all over the place, including U.S. soil. In 2017, there was a solar eclipse. And it was being told that it would signify a financial collapse, and Korea was going to be World War III in 2017. Guys, many of us tuned into this. We fed on it. We feasted on it. And God is calling us to task in this hour right now why. And for the past four years, I've done my best it's just a humble, imperfect brother in the Lord that loves you guys. To each season say what God is doing. And I addressed pretty much all of these things the past four years. You look back at my blogs and broadcasts, I addressed all these things. I encouraged us where to put our focus into, which was a time to heal. 2019, I stated, was a continuing time to be discipled and to disciple others, to gather to one another. Guys, if I can find believers, if I can get people saved, In New York City, we could pretty much do it anywhere. New York City is one of the high seats of Satan. There's several of them. There's about six across the U.S., meaning they're demonic. Sorry, for those of you listening live, I'm having some uh, – my my audio keeps cutting out. The line keeps dropping. Uh, Where do we leave off? The Lord isn't trying to get our attention as to why and what was going on. What I would try to share is what God is doing in in each season and how we're meant to move into maturity and to keep our eyes on Christ. So here's where we're at, guys. The season to heal, the grace to partner with God and let him heal our wounds is lifting. This season is ending. Father is beginning to move. He's already begun. Spirit of God is moving. Jesus says, "You'll know things by the way the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, blows and winds and moves." Guys, we have to, we got to get our doctrines in order, and it, and it comes by tearing. As we heal, guys, the delusion becomes more and more apparent. Jesus said, "Right in the days of Noah, so shall be the coming of the Son of Man." Right, meaning the lost won't see it coming, but the born-again believer will, because Jesus wanted to say, as as, as you see the signs in the east coming, you know it's going to rain, and as you see it, so shall the Son of Man be. Noah wasn't surprised by the flood. We have to stop mixing doctrines, guys. It causes confusion. That comes from delusion. That comes from anger and bitterness in which people speak, and it hits on our own unforgiveness. And we need to begin repenting of that. We have to. We have to end it, guys. I've been getting you know emails and and I um. You know, reaching out to me, should we call, should we have a call praying and fasting? Guys, what are we praying and fasting for? We've already done it. We've passed through seasons. We had our solemn assemblies. We were meant to change. When we go before the Lord and we, and we pray and fast, the idea is, Lord, I repent of the rebellion in my heart toward you. You don't repent of cigarettes and high cholesterol or obesity, or not reading our Bible an hour a day, or reading it more. That's not what we repent of, guys. Those are external acts of self-righteousness, and they're a stench in Father's eyes. He wants our hearts. He deserves our heart, And our heart is not based upon how much we do for him, guys. That's works. He wants our heart. David, you have unforgiveness. I want it. Will you give it to me, yes or no? David, I want to talk to you about why you struggle so much with what other people think of you. You're dealing with the fear of rejection. Will you give that to me, yes or no? David, I want to know why you don't care for the lost, why I do. Why don't you love them the way I do? Will you let me talk to you about that, yes or no? David, I want you to know how much I love you. Why do you still think that you – why do you feel so much shame? Why don't you receive how much I love you? Why do you continue to try to earn my love? Will you let me heal that? Yes or no? That's where we repent, guys. You want to call an assembly? That's what we call an assembly toward. It's sackcloth that it rends our hearts. Jesus said, don't, excuse me, the Lord said, rend your hearts and not your garments. The garments are external works, self-righteousness. He's saying, rend your heart. Give me your heart. And this isn't anger, guys. I'm speaking with passion, but it's love. I feel what he wants to do, and I see. I see the window is closing. He's moved on. This is what that's going to look like, guys. First of all, what does that mean moving on? There are those that have been in the wilderness that are ready to come out like John the Baptist. They will move in great love. They will minister to disciples. They will sit and teach about the love of God. They will point to the throne room. He is beginning to set forth commissions. He is beginning to appoint grace and favor on people. To go and speak where other people won't be able to speak. There will be divine favor. There will be divine appointments. He is doing this with ordinary, everyday people that you'll never hear about. But these people will walk on the earth everywhere they go. They'll have divine favor. They will move in words of knowledge. They will move in gifts of the spirit like we were all meant to. We got so focused because of anger and bitterness. On the counterfeit, we stopped inviting Holy Spirit to speak to us about anyone or anything. Now, not all of you. Guys, many of you, I recognize, praise God, many of you have answered the call in these last several years. And I'm here to tell you, God is commissioning you. He's beginning to set forth your direction. He's beginning to give you plans of how he wants to minister in this, in this uh, uh, end times, in these hours. He's going to give you divine favor. Guys, for those of us that refuse to allow him to give him permission to heal, we're going to come under greater and greater oppression from Satan. We're placing ourselves under demonic dominion. This is biblical. 1 Peter 3 7 says that a lack of love and a lack of honor hinders our prayers. Hebrews 12 says, See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, take no root of bitterness should spring up and cause trouble, and by it defile many. Guys, the root of bitterness, unforgiveness, is defiling. What does that mean? It means demonic partnership. There's no gray. There's no neutral zone. No Star Trek fans, neutral zone. Ephesians 4.26 says, be angry. And sin not. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Guys, unrepentant of anger is an open door for the devil. Now, what God, guys, what, what God has done, brothers and sisters, what the Lord has done is in his grace, he has limited, he has checked and put angels of protection over those open doorways so that we would not feel the full destruction of our, of our unforgiveness. He has guarded in his grace those doors from really causing us to reap what we're sowing. The Bible says whoever reaps the wind, whoever sows the wind will reap the whirlwind. Guys, in his love, in his love, his hand is lifted, it is lifting. And those doors were in his grace where we have operated out of covenant and partnered through unforgiveness and bitterness and anger and hatred and envy. With Satan, we're going to begin to feel the effects of what we have sown. Here's the discipline that's coming upon the body of Christ, guys. Many of us talk about Repentance. We don't say what we're going to repent of. Of share we need to repent of, not coming into alignment with God in this season. What we're going to begin to experience for those that. For those of us that have not um, allowed God to heal, that we've been stubbornly opposing God and what He wants to do, um, we're going to begin to experience loss, discipline, his hand of correction. Um, you know First Peter four says that um, no correction is pleasant. in Hebrews 12 uh, two and 1226 talk about how God chastens those he loves. Guys this is love. Because he loves us so much, he sent his son to have a relationship with us, to save us from hell, to clothe us in righteousness, which is what allows us to stand before him. We can come into his presence, guys, now and after we die and we enter into his kingdom because he's given us the righteousness of Christ. That's why we don't go to hell. For many of us, we haven't embraced that. We don't understand salvation is a byproduct of what Jesus gave us. Jesus didn't give us salvation. He gave us righteousness. Salvation is the byproduct. That's why we can come boldly before the throne of grace any time. That's why we know that Catholicism, last rites, is false doctrine. Well, if you die before a priest comes and absolves you of your sin, you're going to hell. We do the same thing in our walk, guys. We just don't call it last rites. We do the same exact thing in our thinking. And guys, God God loves us too much. Father loves us too much. His loving discipline is on the body of Christ in this hour. It is on the body of Christ. There is still grace for this nation. Because the nation will experience the judgments of God when they have rejected the purified church. Scriptures say judgment begins with the household of God. We're in it now, and it's love. It's serious. It's stern. When my children were a little babies, they would stick their hand in their socket. I swatted their hands really hard. That was serious stuff. But it was pure love. And father's saying it's now time to stop putting our hand in the socket because it's going to fry us. We're running the risk of having our lamp stand removed. So the, the, this is going to look different for each people, because, for each brother and sister, because God knows us intimately. He knows how he made us, and he knows how Satan has twisted us and hurt us through people and through, div- through demonic oppression, through those, those woundings. So it will be different. It will look different for each people, for each member of the body of Christ, but we're going to experience spiritual, emotional, relational, physical, financial loss. That is a reality. We're going to begin feeling the hand of God on us in those different areas of our lives. Now, guys, let me say one thing. When I say physical, I'm not talking about sickness. God will never place sickness on you. Everyone who says that is in witchcraft. Won't see that. You won't ever see Jesus placing a sickness on someone. But we are going to experience loss and burden in those areas. Because in his love, he's saying it's time to heal. It's time to move out of partnering with anger and, and the, the, the witchcraft. It's time to become the spotless bride that you were called to be. Guys, i want to share with you something. Isaiah 60 verse 2. I'm gonna clear up something once and for all. People talk about saying there's not going to be any end times and God doesn't care about the lost, uh, you know, another delusional doctrine. God's given up. Nope, he's not given up. He won't say it anywhere in scripture. It says there will come a time when sin must be judged. But it begins with the household of God where He needs to deliver us from the anger and hatred that's caused us to partner with with becoming a the wilderness Pharisees. And it's in Isaiah 60 verse two. It's a prophecy talking about the end times. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people, but the Lord rise upon you and his glory will appear over you. nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. I want to read that again, guys. As darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the people, the glory of the Lord will rise upon you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. So what some people would like to say is, Well, that already took place, you know, that Jesus fulfilled that. No, he did not. That's talking about the end times, because we know we live in the darkest times before his return, right? That's all we're talking about, how evil the times are, how dark the times are. Yet God says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. And Joel says in the end days, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. Before great dreadful day of the lord there'll be an increase of the glory of god upon the church for those that move on with him and there will be an increase of the gifts and the manifest power of the kingdom just like there was in the first century for those who allow jesus to touch and transform and heal their hearts guys that's not me that's scripture We live in the dark times. Darkness is sweeping over the earth. It says the lost will see the brightness and the glory upon the church, but only if we allow us to enter in with the Lord. And he's doing that now. We're going to begin seeing that very quietly. There's not going to be any fanfare about this, guys. He's just going to do it. He's setting forth commissions. He's moving people on. And God, to encourage those of you, and there's so many of you, praise God, that, that, that have allowed him to heal you. And you're still in the process, many of, many of us. Um, he promises and he will continue to fulfill his end of the covenant, which means he will give beauty for ashes. He's going to fill you with more and more of his love and power. He's going to continue to, to prepare you. He's going to begin commissioning you. He's going to set a a feast, a table in the midst of Satan's demonic armies and oppression. They can't touch you. He's going to raise you up. He's going to exalt your sphere of influence. He's going to give you favor in the sight of God and man. People will come to you asking for prayer because they know you have favor. You're going to experience abundance in life, in relationships, in finances. You'll be entrusted to finances of the kingdom in order to advance what's on his heart. You will be, you will be entrusted to be the stewards of this generation with what God wants to do. You'll know the power of the resurrection. Many of you are already experiencing this. Many of you already, your lives are being transformed or in different phases. Keep going. And guys, for those of you that just, that's still tune in, but just struggle with stepping out. Just go for it. Go for it. God is moving on. Guys, whenever we decide we're going to repent and say, Lord, I give you all of my heart, take my bitterness and my anger, show me the God of love, show me what it means to be unconditionally accepted, show me what it means, that Romans 2 says, that it is the goodness of God that causes man to repent. Guys, whenever we do that, He will he will be right there to begin healing us and ministering us. And he will set forth plans. But guys, if we don't do that right now, if we don't make this transition, we're going to leave ourselves behind. We will watch on the sidelines in bitterness and anger. We'll die in the wilderness, bitter, angry, broken, disillusioned people waiting for the next inaccurate word of when God's going to come back and how angry he is. Now, guys, let me say something, right? I, I've got brothers and sisters that have discussed those different things that have come up. You know, uh, Korea, solar eclipse, me and Benjamin Benjamin is a dear brother of mine. I'll take a bullet for that, man. Uh, we have talked about what these things look like. We've talked about, you know, the harbingers and the blood moons and what they represent. But, guys, we, ha- we're, we have to make sure we're dialed in, hearing from the spirit to see what manifests in the physical, And we cannot do that if we are angry and scared and bitter. It it can't be done, guys, because we're hearing from demons. God cannot speak to us if our heart is filled with hatred. The divine revelation remains locked up in our spirit, man. All the information, the scriptures say we've been given the mind of Christ. We know the Lord's heart because the Holy Spirit is in us. The kingdom is in us. But our soul needs to transform. If we don't allow it, we're always going to be confused and given over to delusional spirits. And we're not meant to do that. We're meant to partner with him. So this is a its a loving word of encouragement. And even to, for those that's a correction, guys, there's no shame in it. There's no condemnation. Just make the adjustment. But God is moving on. He has struck camp. And I'm telling you now, there—there there is – A continued grace upon this nation because the lost are under grace while God prepares the body of Christ. And if he's going to move and let the lost and the kings of this hour see the glory of the Lord through a remnant that are willing to walk like Jesus and look like Jesus, minister like Jesus, then that's what he'll do. But the scriptures say that's going to happen. Jesus said in the end times, as the darkness covers the earth, the hearts of the church, many will grow cold. That was Jesus saying that. We're living in that time, guys. But it doesn't have to be you. It does not have to be. We can rise up and be the glory of the Lord on the earth so that as darkness sweeps over the earth, the Gentiles will see Jesus in us. For those of you guys that are saying, well, you know, it's so funny, so many you can, I can hear the bitterness and anger, and they say, the, well, they're lost, they don't want to hear the gospel. Guys, they don't want to hear anything from someone who stinks. They don't care what we call ourselves. They don't hate Christians. They are hungry for truth. What they have want nothing to do with are people that are filled with anger and hatred and self-righteousness. They don't care what religion we call ourselves. They've got nothing to do with you. As in New York, I'm seeing, I see on a regular basis people come to Christ by those people that share with them the goodness of God, and they can feel the love of Christ. I've seen it firsthand take place where after they said, they said I, just, I, just, I feel love coming from you that I've never felt from another believer. Because that believer is walking in Christ. Guys, Jesus is not interested in your self righteous garbage. He's not interested in mine either. He's interested in our heart, transformed lives. We have to begin to repent. We need to hold solemn assemblies in repentance of not giving us, not giving Father the wounds and hurts that he's been asking for for several years now. He's moved on, guys. The time has come. There is loving correction is now upon the church. And you're not going to wake out in your front door and see a thunderbolt hit your lawn as a sign. He's just going to be quietly in his love, wiping his tears while he watches you come under more and more pressure as the demonic oppression continues that we have given saint permission to interfere in our lives. Until we finally, hopefully, don't become so backslidden and hateful that we become reprobates, but we actually repent and turn to the Lord and say, I'm giving up my Pharisee ways. I am finally leaving the institutional religion that I took with me in the desert. So, guys, I love you. Uh, this is a, a encouraging word I know for many of you because many of you have moved on and are continuing on and letting you know, hang in there, because you're going to continue to see more of what he's done in you. He is continuing to make a distinction in his body, the body of Christ of those that have gone on with him. He's going to begin raising you up in many areas um, in your life. And uh, I also know that there are widows and elderly that are in great need. And... Uh, I ask for your forgiveness for the rest of us that have not picked up that call to take care of the widows and the elderly and the orphans. And um, there are many widows that are in lack and it's not because you're in rebellion. It's because we as the body of Christ aren't functioning the way we're really meant to because we don't have the capacity. We're falling short of love. And, And I ask for your forgiveness for that. And I encourage you to say, hang on. The Lord sees you and your need, and He will be faithful to you and take care of you. Not everyone who's in lack is in rebellion. The Father knows that, and I want you to know, as a younger brother in the Lord, as a spiritual son, I see that and I honor you. Brothers and sisters, thank you. Please share this. It bears witness. Have courage. Have courage to let him heal. It's a painful process, guys. I'll be honest with you. It sucks. A lot of times it is difficult. I'm just being real. It is. But the consequences for us allowing ourselves to be left behind as this grace lifts is going to be a lot harder. A lot harder. I love you guys. Uh, Dorothy, thank you as always. so this has been you know kingdom insights, prophetic insights for those that will receive it for our two thousand and nineteen the second half. God is moving, he is moving, he has left, he has struck camp guys, he is moving, and uh we need to come into alignment wherever we are at, so praise God, thank you, Dorothy, thank you as always for having me, and um you are quite welcome, a- thank you for teaching, and I guess if he's moving, uh, we gotta follow. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, um it's always going to be our choice, but really it's the way of life and um, there's more to come. There's more of his correction and his hand of discipline and, and he's going to begin silencing the delusional spirits and voices and platforms that have been out there. He's going to begin, um, he's going to begin the um, season of grace for the body of Christ guys to operate in witchcraft is ending. The rebellion of our hearts, the anger and wrath that we have not repented of, where we have said, instead, I'm going to choose to look more like a born-again Pharisee. I'm going to try to earn something. That's ending. It's no longer permitted, guys, and that's in his love. It's time for the glory to rest and come from within the body of Christ for those that will receive it. So praise God, Dorothy. Hopefully we'll be back in a couple weeks, if not sooner. And um, guys, as always, know this is love. This is love. Discipline is love. And uh, and I love you guys. God bless you. I'm praying for you. I pray faithfully for the body of Christ in each and every one of my in my uh, in my context that tune in and listen. Please share this if this bears witness with you. Please, please, please get this word out. Love you guys. God bless and Dorothy. Love you as always. I will see you soon.
1: Good night, David.
0: Your house. I am David Murray and I'm joined with Dorothy Carruthers. We hope that you were blessed by this week's broadcast. Again, if this was your first time, please stop by my website at www.dwmurray.com. That's D W M U R R Y.com for additional teachings and insights. God bless you, and until next time, please dare to accept the fact that your Heavenly Dad loves you deeply.